Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. The Zika virus has become the focus of a lot of medical attention. On February 1, 2016, the World Health Organization declared a public health emergency of international concern related to the Zika virus. The Florida Surgeon General has also declared a public health emergency in five Florida counties. Larry Bush, who specializes in infectious diseases and who also lives here in Palm Beach County, has graciously agreed to discuss with us this topic to keep it in perspective. Dr. Bush, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. What do we need to know about this virus? It's scary. Well, it's scary because, again, it's a virus that you cannot necessarily control uh, becoming infected with because it's mosquito-borne, and the best you can do is mosquito control and your own self-protection against mosquitoes. It takes on a new light because it's a virus that seems to, at least now, being suspicious in Brazil and probably elsewhere, causing birth defects, particularly microcephaly, and, and therefore it's an extremely frightening thing for pregnant women or women who are about to become pregnant or, or going to travel to areas where we know it's active and, and may become active in the United States. A, a little history, Abby, on the Zika virus is it was first discovered in monkeys in the uh, Zika forest in Uganda in 1947. The first human cases were diagnosed in 1954. Most Zika virus infections were maintained most in Africa and parts of Asia, but then it traveled across the Pacific Ocean and is now epidemic in the Americas, particularly South America, Central America, and some of the Caribbean islands. And to date, there have been almost 40 or so cases in the United States. As of yesterday, 20 in Florida, all of which have occurred in people who have traveled to one of those localities and not necessarily have acquired it locally. As of now, there have been no diagnosed locally acquired cases. But since the virus is spread by the 80s, mosquito, and it's the same mosquito that transmits diseases like chikungunya that we're familiar with and dengue. And since the virus is in the same family as dengue and West Nile flavivirus, we're likely to see locally transmitted cases as the weather warms and the mosquito population grows here in South Florida and throughout the United States. Is it a lethal disease? I hesitate, but I think I'm obligated to say that when people think of viral epidemics, most commonly they think of Ebola, they go back to HIV. Does it have a different presentation? It does. Eighty percent of people that are known to have been infected by Zika virus looking at serologic tests, antibody tests, and asymptomatic people never have any symptoms at all. So 20 percent of people have symptoms. And the classic symptoms are a macular papular rash, you may get conjunctivitis, fever, joint pains, and muscle pains. And those people usually, over a short period of time, totally improve and resolve their symptoms. The problem with Zika virus seems to be that there's a relationship to pregnancy and microcephaly. And that was debated, but it appears that the health department in Brazil, where this disease is grossly epidemic right now, has concluded that microcephaly has been linked to Zika virus particularly, and therefore that is the scary part. It may also cause other birth defects or, or miscarriages. As far as humans, it's not a lethal disease. There have been some cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome attributed to Zika virus. There was an outbreak in 2007 in Micronesia, and when they looked back, they found that nearly 70% of the population had antibodies indicating prior exposure, but never had any type of symptoms at all. 
So yes, it can be a problem in pregnant women particularly, but it's not the type of disease at all like Ebola or even chikungunya. There were some YouTubes suggesting that this could cause people to have a to be paralyzed. Is there any evidence of that? Is that true or not? There's always a concern of neurologic syndrome like Guillain-Barre, as I mentioned, following many types of infections. And there have been some Guillain-Barre syndromes linked to Zika virus, but that is extremely rare, and it's not something I would be very concerned about. What does a person do as much as one can to avoid getting the infection? Mosquito repellents, how does the public health service take care of it? How do we protect ourselves? Well, it's a mosquito-borne virus, and if you put the mosquito in a place where the virus is epidemic, anybody who's carrying the virus can now have it transmitted from that mosquito to you. Generally, if you avoid going to epidemic areas where the disease is endemic right now in countries that you can find on the CDC map, in the Americas, South America, Central America, uh, some of the Caribbean islands. But, of course, there are going to be people who have to travel for various reasons. So the next is mosquito prevention, and that is taking care of standing water and where you're staying, where mosquitoes like to breed. The Aedes mosquito, which is the mosquito that transmits this, as well as things like dengue and chikungunya, is a daytime breeder. And that has to be kept in mind. Most people think mosquitoes mostly bite during the early morning or early evening hours, but these are daytime breeders. So it's mosquito protection, whether that's repellents, mosquito control and standing water, and protective nets. And, of course, if you come back from an area where it has been known to be epidemic or endemic and you have signs or symptoms that I've just mentioned, you can be tested. There are no commercially available tests. It has to be sent from the State Department to the CDC. And it starts off with antibody tests, which can cross-react with some other viruses that are like or in the same family as Zika, such as dengue and yellow fever. And then there are more sophisticated tests, more sophisticated antibody tests, PCR test. The real problem is coming in obstetrics where women who are pregnant and are either symptomatic and have traveled to one of these countries or even now the CDC has updated the recommendations that women who have traveled to one of these countries but have no signs or symptoms of Zika may still get tested if they request it or if their obstetrician requests it. One of the things that's been bantered about in the public health world is whether they should, there should be a recommendation that women do not get pregnant, even for upwards of several years, which suggests that is this going to be a self-limiting viral epidemic? Is it something that we have to look at and consider developing a vaccine? What's the future here as much as we know? I think the future is that the virus is now in this part of the world, that the virus will locally be acquired in the United States at some point. I can't say soon, but at some point because of the population migration and because of the mosquitoes being here. And they're keeping in mind that most people who become infected, you never know they were infected, and that you're not contagious uh, once that virus has left your body and all you have is serologic evidence. So I, I would not recommend that women hold off getting pregnant. I would say that if you intend to get pregnant, you should not travel to endemic areas, that if you are pregnant, you should not travel to endemic areas. A little other thing about this is, of course, the blood supply always has to be checked and is concerned of blood transfusion transmission. And it's also been found to be a poorly but a sexually transmitted virus. So that could be concerned if you're going to become pregnant when somebody who, uh, let's say, has recently traveled to one of the endemic areas, and they could be carrying it and sexually transmit it. 
But I think Zeke is going to go the way that the West Nile virus outbreak went here, where there were many, many cases, and then it sort of died out, the same way that the chikungunya virus infection was very large for a while and has sort of died out. And a lot of it is the attention it gets and, of course, the mosquito control and understanding. When you asked about vaccine, well, there are no effective antiviral medications available now, and there's no active vaccine. Right now, currently looking at developing a vaccine that would actually use the same technology for yellow fever vaccines because it's in the same family. But the estimate that I saw is that there probably will not be an available vaccine for at least a year and a half. It raises a larger question. I think sometimes we become, um, how shall I put this, a, a little naive about the fact that we live in a very real biosphere and there will be new viruses probably for as long as there is life on this planet. Do you think people have become too accustomed to just thinking that we've got the ability to take care of all new infections? Yes, I think people think that we have medication or vaccines to prevent anything, where most diseases are prevented by common sense and by the fact that your body is built very well. It's amazing. I, I get asked this commonly when I tell somebody they have a specific infection. How did I get that? And I'm talking about people who may be in their 70s and 80s. And they say, I've never had that. And I say, well, that's the whole thing about your body and infections. The question you should be asking is, how come I've never gotten an infection such as this in my entire life? Because we're built pretty well to avoid these things. Now, the world has changed, as you know. The population has is, is grown drastically and the travel. So many things that were located in only specific parts of the world will now be global. And we're much better off at detecting particular diseases. An example is that the pertussis concern, the whooping cough concern. Is there more whooping cough? Well, there probably are pertussis infection. There probably is because the vaccine that we were counting on, it turned out to be the only childhood vaccine that did not seem to protect you lifelong. But the other thing is, is that we're much better at identifying pertussis. Our tools are better and you make people more aware. So I'm not sure there are that many new cases versus the ability to think about looking for it and the ability to find it once you thought about looking for it. And that will be with a lot of these other diseases, too. If we go test all the countries in the Americas for how much Zika virus spread there is, as I said, 80% of the people will have, who've ever been exposed will have antibodies and were never ill. And all of a sudden, it will seem like there's an amazing amount of Zika virus. It's probably been there for years. And the whole notion that if people have these mild cases, eventually they will build antibodies. So if they get reinfected, they have an immunity. They will. Certain viruses, even though you've been exposed like dengue virus, there are four serotypes. So although you may be immune to one, you may not be immune to the other serotypes and you can become reinfected. In fact, you may get a worse disease if you're reinfected with dengue. But for most infections, once you've been exposed, I'll take chickenpox as an example, you have lifelong immunity. Nothing's 100%, but the body's built pretty well to avoid dying or becoming ill from these exposures. The key lesson here is to listen to what you have to say and be very careful about what one reads on the Internet or on YouTube. And if you have questions, obviously call your physician. Don't come to conclusions yourself. Exactly. And I think the other key thing, because I'm hearing from obstetricians what, what I do with my patients, the recommendation right now is obviously any woman who has signs or symptoms, who's pregnant and has been in an endemic area should rapidly be tested. And then there's an algorithm of what you do with that positive or negative test. 
The other issue is that people, women who have traveled to areas who are not symptomatic are probably going to want to be tested. And I think we'll see a lot of those people because of where we are in Florida and so many people coming back to those areas. Can the testing be done through one's regular obstetrician or internist office or if they have to go to special labs to do it, since you said there's not an easy way to test it? Right. There's no clinical laboratory test available commercially, so the test has to be, the blood has to be obtained, sent from the local health department to the state health department, which now I believe is only in Tampa and Jacksonville. So if someone's concerned, they go to their internist, the internist then makes arrangements or draws the blood and sends it to the health department? Exactly. Thank you very much. I, this is obviously an ongoing topic. It may change, and if things change, I'm definitely going to call you back and ask you for more information. Larry Bush is an infectious disease specialist in Palm Beach County, and I thank you, sir, for a very succinct but very necessary overview of something that people are seeing a lot in the media. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.